Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, and I'm here with today's host, Keith Cole from New Mexico and theranches.org. Hello, Keith. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. We've got a little cold snap here, but we're getting out from underneath it now. Yeah, right. S2, S2. Well, I'm excited to talk because uh, with you today because your, your mission at the ranches is amazing. Um, I've heard for a long time about um, at-risk youth and different ways to help them out. I've heard of people where they go on camps for hundreds of miles and <laughs> all sorts of stuff to sort of interrupt the pattern maybe. But I, I'm interested to hear how you guys um, are really helping uh, at-risk youth and families and what you do. So let's start there. What is The Ranches and what do you guys do? Um, we're a nonprofit faith-based community home in, in near Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're a little south. Hmm. And uh, we've been helping at-risk youth for 75 years. We wow. started in 1944. Whoa. And so our mission is to bring kids out in the country and, and teach them a few basics. Um, most of what we do centers around paying attention, telling the truth, working hard, helping others, and being kind. And so yeah. the structure that we have in place is we live in cottages and we have a set of house parents and then um, they, they act as a kind of a pseudo family. Okay. But what we've discovered over the years is that with at-risk youth, uh, a kid that grows up in a, in a struggling and, and even abusive environment, they don't hate their parents. They learn to hate themselves. Mm. And so we try very hard to get them back on the track of understanding that it wasn't their fault. Uh, their, their parents' choices aren't their fault. Their choices are their responsibility, though. Right. And so uh, over the last 75 years, we've tried a lot of things and we've done a lot of different iterations of what we do. Yeah, but uh, we're excited because this year we're adding equine gestalt coaching to our repertoire of things that we offer kids. I think that's amazing. Yeah, Seeing kids it, around animals, like animals, seem to do something for humans. I think. Yeah, horses and dogs, man. Uh, mm. They just understand people better than people do. Mm. And so my wife is a, a practitioner of equine gestalt coaching, and and she's adding that to our program, and she's working with kids to try to heal their families and try to heal them. Wow. And some of the work that she does with them, I've, I've witnessed it. And uh, it's one of those things where when you watch it, it really, really grabs you. Wow. Watching yeah. those kids just drop their guard and start really dealing with the issues that they're facing is, is what we're all about. That's amazing. What, what kind of, what's the gamut of issues you see? Like, is it like, how would I know if I'm a parent listening to this and I'm like, yeah, I mean, my kid mouths off to me, but I mean, is that kind of what you deal with? Or is it all the way down to like homeless youth? Like how does, like, what's the range? Uh, our, our range is pretty significant. We've, we've gone all the way from uh, kids that were homeless and, and we had to do an emergency placement to get them into our program. Mm. On that situation, uh, their caregiver was our grandmother and she passed away unexpectedly. Mm. And so we stepped in and it took, took a little bit of work to get all the paperwork done, but we got them in within a couple of days and, and got them back on track. Wow. On the other hand, you have kids that, that are sneaking out and drinking early, uh, using drugs, mm. uh, those kinds of things. Um, most of the symptoms that we start with start in school. Uh, a lot of the kids that we deal with are at least a semester behind in school when they come to us. Mm. And so we actually uh, have a school on campus where they can get caught up to grade level. And that's, that's the first step in the healing process is education is, is a valuable tool to have for the rest of your life. Huh. Wow. And so once, once we get them kind of stabilized educationally, then we start dealing with emotionally. And a lot of times, I don't think anybody sets out to be a bad parent. I don't, I don't, I've never met somebody that's like, wow, that just, that person just hates their kids. Right. Right. Um, but personality differences. Yeah. And, and one of our biggest sources of, of clients is step parents. Mm. You have this kid that's living right. with mom or living with dad. And all of a sudden this new person comes in and there's a different set of expectations. There's a different set of rules and the kid pushes back against it because it's not what they're used to. 
right? Yeah. And then tensions rise and little things become big things and big things expose weaknesses and weaknesses expose being overwhelmed and overwhelmed leads to maybe this kid should be somewhere else. Yeah. Wow. And so when the parents get to that point, we, we try to be there and we try to pull that kid in and say, hey, listen, whatever you've gone through, we can handle it. And whatever you're struggling with, we can handle it. But most kids aren't as angry as they get credit for. They're hurting. And yeah. anger is the most, the safest emotion for a lot of kids. They can mm. get angry and, and it doesn't hurt as bad. Huh, so that's where we start. Good point. Yeah, I thought about that. That's a really good point. It feels, yeah. I would imagine anger, with anger comes some sense of feeling control, like um, controlling my environment, my surroundings. And anger is a great way to feel like I'm on top of that maybe. But Yeah, sadly, if you scare somebody, you feel powerful. Yeah. And a lot of right. kids learn that early. Yeah. How long is the program? So if somebody comes to you, is it just depend on the case or how, I mean, how do you decide how long a program is? We're not static in that. We look at 12 to 18 months as kind of a guideline, but we've okay. had kids with us for five and six years at times. Just depends oh, wow. on the family situation. Does the family come to visit? Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. We have mandatory breaks where they go home with the family and we work with the family. We mm -hmm. offer free parenting classes uh, to the family mostly to teach them what we're doing with their kid while they're with us so that they yeah. can kind of continue that structure when they get home. Mm. But always, always, always work working on reunification. The ones that stay with us the longest, usually it's the death of a parent that causes that. Oh, sure. And there's just not a, if, if both of your parents are passed away, there's not a lot of options. Wow. How many kids will be at the, like at a camp at one time at the ranch? Uh, we typically have 20 to 38, depending on circumstances. Okay. Um, if you have a lot of, of high acuity kids, you don't, you don't take 38 at a time. Uh, 20 is a better number. But once, mm. once you get a group stabilized, you can start adding more and more kids. And so we fluctuate a lot. Wow. So how do people uh, learn about this? Like if, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I think I'd like to learn more about it. Like, do they, do they go to your website? Do they talk to somebody in, in, I don't even know. Like, how do they start? <laughs> well, the website's easiest. The ranches.org gets people a lot. Of, I mean, you can get to my email address on there and email me directly if you want to. Yeah. Uh, but we're on Facey Spacey and Twitter and all that stuff too. And so if, if you type in the New Mexico Boys and Girls Ranches, which is our official long title, you can find us on every platform there is. And, yeah. and if you reach out, we, we reach back. Right. I love it. What, um, talk to me some more about some of the success stories. Like, what do you see, um, I'm just so curious to dive sort of into what you see when <laughs> well, people go times, through it. A lot of times you see kids that, that repeat a cycle in their parents, you know, p parents mm -hmm. grow up mm -hmm. and, and they pass along the rebellious uh, streak that they had when they were younger, but then they don't know how to deal with it when it comes along in their kid. Right. And so some of the success stories, uh, the greatest success stories aren't really that fun to talk about. The kid comes to us, the family heals, they work together, and then they go home. <laughs> right, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, on the flip side of that, I, this past weekend, I spent with a resident that was there in the 70s. And uh, he came back out to visit, and he's, he's, he's struggled at times. Yeah. To understand why his parents made some of the choices they made. Mm. Spent, spent some time in the military, um, mm. and, then, and now he's doing really well. And he came back out just to see the place. And him and I knew each other from way back then. Um, I was actually born at the ranches. So, uh, no way. I've been there since 73, but uh, <laughs> I look good for somebody my age. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, and so those kids come back and what he's managed to do is build a family that isn't fractured. Uh, he's built a family where the relationships aren't strained and his own family. that's the biggest success story for us. Right, 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 right. Wow. So his own, like his own kids. Yes. Et cetera, got we it. did not graze his kids. And that's what we tell all of our, our residents at a time. The last thing we want to do is raise your kids. We want to give right. you the tools so you can raise your kids. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. What, um, what are some of the, um, if I'm a parent, how do I make this decision? Like it, see, this would, this seems like <laughs> I can't imagine sending my kids somewhere for 12 to 18 months. Like how do I, what do you tell parents when they're wrestling with sending well, their kids the, for length? Yeah. Usually there's a lot of external forces applied to the, the family. School pressure, kids are failing in school, expulsion from school or long-term suspension from school are, are significant factors. And so we don't have to honor that suspension. We can get them in school and, and educate them there. Mm. So a lot of times what the parent is, uh, we, we spend a lot of time just helping parents breathe. I mean, just take mm. a deep breath and, and stop for a second and just slow down and let's talk about what's really going on. Most of the time, uh, the tension that exists is just personality conflict magnified by circumstances all mm. the time. Right. And so when it, if a parent is looking and saying, I'm really struggling, well, well we're going to try to talk you out of it. That's just what we do. We're going to try to see if there's a way you can keep your kid at home with you. Um, mm-hmm. If that's not an option, if the school or educational issues are so big, or if the tension is so great, what we tell us to help families is maybe we can bring the kid to our organization. We can work with them and work mm-hmm. with you. And then we can put this relationship back together as we get a little further along. Wow. And so if we can get a kid home in nine months or six months or three months, we, we're all for it. Right. Uh, mm. Families uh, as, a, as a unit uh, sometimes don't do a good job of recognizing each other's pain. Mm. And so that's the first step is getting the kid to say, hey, this hurt. I'm not angry as much as I am hurt. Mm. Uh, mm. And I, we dealt with a kid last night and he was struggling because uh, at some point somebody told him that his parent could divorce him, which I didn't think mm. is a thing. Wow. Um, but, wow. But he's like, this weighs down on him all the time that there right. is a possibility. And all we need to do really is get him and his, his parent in a room and say, hey, let's talk about how we can reset from this one conversation. Wow. How, how young do the kids get at the camp? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, our focus is 12 to 18 year olds. Um, there are a lot of resources available to younger kids. Yeah. Teenagers are when it becomes very difficult. Right, right. If you look, if you look at foster care in New Mexico, there's about three thousand kids that need foster care in New Mexico. Wow. There's only about seven hundred homes, and so wow. the math doesn't work. Right. And so, twelve to eighteen year old kids are the hardest to place in foster care, the hardest for adoption, and the hardest for resources outside the home. And so we decided to take the hardest group and specialize in that. Wow. So with you know having twenty to thirty eight kids at any time. Um, I would imagine there's an application process or some filtering process. How do you decide who fits or who, who gets in? We have a pretty lengthy uh, application process and we have a, a licensed counselor that reviews the file to make sure that we're not stepping into a situation where we can't meet their needs. Right. And then we have a review team that, that looks at it, meets with the kid, meets with the parents and make sure that the goals of the family and the goals of our organization can be lined up. Right. And so uh, a lot of people get a misconception about what we do. Uh, we're not, we're not out in the country trying to make sure kids uh, come to Jesus. <laughs> well, faith is a part of what we do as a, the adults that work there, but we right. do not try to indoctrinate kids in that. Mm. And so a lot of times it's getting the family to understand we're not, we're not trying to make them religious. We're trying to help heal the wounds that were inflicted. Mm. And a lot of times parents don't realize what happened. A lot of times yeah. it's, you know, if, if you get a kid that's really struggling in school, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong at home. There could be a kid that's really like bullying is an overused term in my opinion, but there's a lot of kids getting bullied a lot yeah. and, and they don't know who to share that with. They don't know how to, and if you look at the word intimacy, a lot of people use it for the wrong kind of commercials. Sure. Right. But intimacy, intimacy is about the ability to share pain with someone. 
And a lot of kids don't know how to share their pain with their parents. Mm. So a lot of times in the interview process, that's where, where we get to is what's the pain here. Right. And I hate school. I'm mm. dumb. Uh, we hear that over and over again. I'm stupid. I can't do school. And so we start at the self-esteem level and saying, no, 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 let's talk about what you can and can't do. And sometimes it's as simple. Uh, I, I've, I've sat with a lot of kids while they did school. I didn't offer anything other than sitting there hmm. because wow. they get anxiety when they have to te tests particularly. Right. And if somebody's there to sit with them, put their hand on their back and say, hey, it's okay, you can do this. Uh, that, that's a lot of times the, the intervention that's needed, to, but we don't know how to do that as families sometimes. I mean, if you show up to school with your kid, uh, everybody's a little awkward, but um, a lot of times that's really what a kid needs is somebody to sit with them. Um, I, I have sat with even my own kids. I sit with them and they do homework. They're a lot more productive if I'm sitting there than if I'm not. Hmm. That's so good. I love that. I love that. How, so your uh, organization is a nonprofit? Yes. We are hundred percent funded by fun, uh, by donations from, from private citizens. We don't take any government funds and we raise all of our money in house to do what we do so that we don't have to charge families for what we offer. Wow. So, so people listening to this, if you're, I mean, so if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, this sounds interesting. Um, what there is to do is reach out to you. It's just not a cost. It's just a matter of if it's, if it's a fit. Yes. Yes. If, if you're looking for help for a child, um, get on our website, call us, you know, reach out via email, whatever it is. You can, yep. you can DM me on Facebook if you really get crazy, but um, <laughs> nice. we'll try to get you the help you need. And if you're interested in supporting the families and supporting the kids that we, we do work with, um, there's a lot of easy ways to make a donation to what we do. And uh, it's amazing to me how many people out there are so generous when yeah. it comes to helping kids. Absolutely. Yeah. I think kids pull on our heartstrings a little bit, you know, it's um, yeah, absolutely. So um, you have the equine gestalt coaching that you are, is it started or are you implementing it in the near future? Uh, we're implementing it now. Um, we're getting the, the way that our program works. Um, sometimes we've got to start with, with smaller group settings and a lot of time it's individual work. And so my wife has been working with some individual kids mm. and we'll be kind of ramping up to group work with, with a, a large group of kids. But right. we, we had a kid the other day that's been, um, he's been out of his home since he was six years old Whoa, and he's, and he's 17. Old. He's 17. Yeah. And my wife put him in, in a round pen with a horse and he had a breakthrough that he said, I have never had 23 counselors and I've never had this. Wow. And so he went home right afterwards for a break and, and the family said it was the best break they've had. And so mm -hmm. this transformative healing process with horses, uh, I, at first I, I was skeptical and I'm that guy, but um, <laughs> yeah, watching perfect. it happen, um, it just amazes you. These kids, wow. you can see them heal right in front of you. Right. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, there's a there's a thread, a common thread through all of these interviews um, that I've done so far with Touched by Horse, where um, that is the sentiment. Like it happens quickly, and it's kind of like you can't like it can take you back. You're like, wow, I didn't expect it to be that big of a breakthrough. The people who go through it, you know. Yeah, we we usually start off with really low expectations, and they're exceeded greatly. <laughs> yeah, um, that right. that kid I was talking about, the horse actually hugged that kid, and I didn't think that was a thing, but mm -hmm. that horse walked up to that kid, put his head over the kid's shoulder and pulled him close. And I, w I wouldn't be telling that story if I wasn't there. I, wow. I would have said it was not a true story had I not witnessed mm -hmm. it. Wow. But that's the kind of thing you see with horses. And I, I don't know why they get it, but they get it. Yeah. So cool. Well, I love the work you guys are doing at the ranches. Um, again, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do at the ranches, you, they can go to theranches.org. Yes? Yes. Theranches.org. 
um, and learn more about you there. Awesome. Any final words of wisdom, Heath, for people listening to this about um, health and healing young people? Yeah, the work that we do is really important to me. My dad grew up in a place just like the ranches. And he decided to break the patterns from his childhood so that I had a better childhood than he did. And that's what we do. We're not working for the kids in our program. We're working for their kids so that their kids will have the love and support they need. And so um, we don't often think of the next generation. But if you if you can get the generation now to understand how to parent, the next generation will benefit forever. Yeah, that is amazing. So good. Well, thanks for your time today, uh, Heath. It's so great to chat with you, and I love the work that you guys are doing at the ranches. Um, until next time, take care. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.